0: Our psalm today draws out the theme of our gospel reading. You've already said it. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of my salvation. It's a psalm of David after the defeat of his enemies, and also a rescue from King Saul, who was pursuing him. The Lord being a rock in Hebrew could mean a rocky cliff, so nothing small, or it could be a boulder used for an altar. It even lets us recall how the place of God at the temple in Jerusalem was up on the rock or that mountain called Zion. This was where God's people could lift up their needs and the the strife, whether they were near or very far away. We hear this in our psalm. You said this too. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ear. Now in the gospel reading, Jesus used that phrase, it is I. It hints at him being the Lord, and yet there is no mention today with that correlation, the Lord, with him being any kind of rock. You just don't hear it in the text, right? He made it clear in an earlier parable. You know the parable pretty well. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, he said to the people and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So Jesus already referred to this, but you don't hear that in our our text today. You just hear the Lord. The miracle that we hear today is how Jesus is walking on the water, but he's the rock. And so this rock will not sink, which goes against all reason. However, rock is actually mentioned in our text, when you really think about it. What does the name Peter mean? Rock. In Greek, it actually means small rock or small rock. Pebble, So don't get it confused with the Hebrew word rock. This Peter is a small rock. He had no basis, though, in himself having to rest alone in Jesus. Without his Lord, Peter, as we know, sank like the rock that he was and also sank like anybody else would. Jesus preserves the little faith of ours from harm, terror, and doubt. He always preserves to enjoy life with him. Harm to his disciples is why Jesus sent them away. This is right after he had fed the 5,000. But now, even later in that day, when darkness was approaching rapidly, when everyone had their fill and leftovers were picked up as that glorious witness out of his blessing, Jesus immediately sent his disciples away. Go. He had sent out before with that kind of language to the 12. We've heard this a couple months ago. He sent them out ahead of him to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So they're not foreign to this going ahead of him. Okay. And yet, sending them in a boat was for their good, to keep them from confusing his glory. Do you understand what's going on in the text? The gospel, according to John, tells us this miracle of eating went very south in spiritual terms. Instead of faith in Jesus, the crowd wanted to make him king by force. I mean, look what he can do. I mean, that's the guy we need, and that's the way we're going to have him. And so Jesus, after dismissing the crowd, went up on a mountain, a big rock, and it was to pray. It was to call upon his Father, knowing the temptation set before him, because he could be that kind of a king, but that would not be the way of the cross. And he also certainly, in that praying on the mountain, was keeping in mind his disciples who he had sent out in the water. And he knew exactly what he was putting them into. Where we treat faith as our possession, it is what Christ truly cherishes and protects for us. St. Paul, already today you heard him say how faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Just as the disciples heard and believed as a gift, so do you as his baptized saints. As God calls, gathers, and enlightens by his saving word, he also keeps us from harm. I don't know if we give that much thought to that nowadays, we're not talking about the dangers recognized by worldly men, the claims that they see of the world and what news talks about. We're not talking about that now. But the things that would destroy true faith as given to any one of us by grace. In other words, whether sent to, the, to, to cross the Sea of Galilee, those disciples, or when we face redirection or change, before situations in life. None of it is outside of Christ. It never has been and it never will be. And his aim is much higher than ours, but to guard and protect that little faith in him. The small catechism teaches, thy will be done, right? And it's for God's will to break and hinder evil plans and purposes. His aim, though, it also says by doing that is to strengthen and keep us firm in his word and faith until we die. That is God's whole direction, keeping us from the spiritual damage of a death sentence to hell. Fear further arose on that boat at sea, and it needed what Jesus said. Let's first not confuse the waves the disciples were battling with seeing Jesus walk on water. It's not the same issue. Yes, they're halfway across this giant lake and the wind was against them. Pretty strong. They were being beaten up but they were making headway little bit by bit but it was awful torment all along the way. Where they might have been where there might have been some concerns and some complaining and struggles, terror overshadowed them when Jesus showed up. It was an unexpected miracle. Nobody asked for that kind of a miracle, right? We need our bellies filled, but this is something else. An unexpected thing and it accept miracles by themselves. Look at that. They don't give people faith. It was truly shocking. They even misinterpreted all that's going on in the scene to ghostly proportions, crying out in fear that God abandoned them to judgment. Of course, what they needed was Jesus' word, and he immediately spoke it for their good. Take heart, it's up. Do not be afraid. Now Peter, you know Peter, he's always kind of on the edge, and he was smart enough to catch what Jesus said. Notice those words, it is I. He immediately responds, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. Another man walked on water by the word of another man, who was truly God. Peter was part of a miracle by a single word of Jesus. That's all it took. Come. So as it was with the feeding of the 5,000, the grace of Christ provided everything for Peter in an even more miraculous way. But it was not in front of the crowds. We can never imagine faith as our possession. Because Peter was not doing the winning. His request was on the verge of testing God. But Jesus was generous, as he always is, to our foolishness. Peter would soon start to go south, if you know what I mean, literally. And so it was not about him. Look to Jesus. For promise and power belongs to his saving word. He is the miracle, and in him we always have more. Even this, forgiveness and salvation, is promised for you again this day. Doubt had to be cast out, as it always does, to enjoy life with Christ. Peter clearly had plenty of doubt when seeing and hearing the wind and what it was doing. The little pebble or stone sank. And as Jesus spoke one miraculous word, so this disciple was left to say one truth. Lord, save me. He didn't say, if you're the Lord save me there was no if or any more conditional things it was just who jesus was as he said he was lord save me first the act of saving but again the word oh you little faith why did you doubt little faith is not the same as any faith But Peter was receiving no compliment. Doubt in whatever form it takes goes back to the deeper corruption than water. It goes back to the garden. It goes back to the ancient enemy of man, the devil. And it goes back to those words. Did God really say? And so in that situation, did Jesus really say come? And yet the good news of the Father has cast out doubt. For as we've been studying in the book of Hebrews, it opens up in chapter 1. Now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Not spoken as in, yeah, we know Jesus' words and the gospel reading that we do, but literally he is speaking for the sake of his people, pastor and congregations. Jesus saved Peter, but also brought him back into the boat with the other disciples. Unlike the crowd that went away, Christ at the center was joy, a life with him to worship and even to confess truly, you are the Son of God. Plenty of winds are blowing these days. They've been blowing for quite some time. But the enjoyment of life with Jesus is him preserving that little faith. It's not... Righteousness of the law that saves from death and doubt. That's that law that those on the boat were trying to follow as quite a few of them were fishermen. They knew how to oar. We'll try it this way. We'll do it that way. Dig harder. Do more. That's not what we're talking about. That's the one that does not save from death and doubt. Neither is faith in my faith any good for apart from hearing the word of Christ... It sinks to die with no need for the gospel, and that's very popular today. Well, my faith. No, it's not, and if you think it that way, you're gonna lose it, because in the end, you're gonna keep talking about your faith and not about the good thing that Jesus has given for you. You're gonna lose the gospel of who's forgiving you again today by his grace. God's Son has reached out in true righteousness to save as a gift of grace, and we know what how this has happened. This is a little glimpse right here of what would happen by his death and resurrection and how he appeared behind locked doors to say, peace be with you, to his disciples when they were in fear. But this time they're on the water. This time the winds were going all different directions, but Jesus would be lifted up in one direction in the end. The perfect mast made by his hand stretched out in his cross for us all. So, he stepped into the boat, and that's what he always does for his church. We hear from our Lord today, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. That's good news. That's good news not because of what we feel in the present life, but because of death itself and its power, and it's kind of like a wave that throws everybody around when it comes to a loss, if you've ever had in life. But we have that perfect peace to know that even we have that good news of the resurrection that will bring still waters. While our doubts drag us down, the old Adam, drowned in baptism, still needs repentance, this is the probably the biggest thing. They just had to repent. And so do we. And yet Christ grabs hold of you with forgiveness for a new man and woman to daily emerge and arise to live before God and his righteousness and purity forever. Can you arise anew today? Are you letting last week and last Sunday drag you down? Pulls on me too. Are you letting your troubles in your own life hold you down so much that you forget that you need to repent and rise anew? Because God loves you and forgives you by His grace. And so you have the righteousness you need and the purity good all the days of your life. To gather around Jesus is to receive from Him and as we sing in the todayum, and it's the last time I will sing the todayum with you today, as we get to say, we praise you, O oh God, and acknowledge you to be the Lord. He is the rock of our salvation with the winds set with the winds set against us and promise secure for your whole life. Jesus preserves that little faith of ours from harm, terror, and doubt. And yep is to enjoy life with him. And notice, Peter wasn't alone. It was to be with his whole church together in Christ. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. And so... Having heard the ways of a sermon, we continue with the Deum on page 223 to basically say what the disciples said. Truly you are the Son of God. Please rise and we sing the todaym 223.